Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, it is my great delight to be able to uh, share with you uh, God's word um, today uh, from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 verse 1. Under the big heading of this series, Grace Around the Globe. Uh, my name is uh, Harrison Mungai and I pastor a church called Grace Point Church uh, which is in Kikuyu Township just outside of Nairobi and I also uh, lead a Christian organization called I Serve Africa. I'm married to Rhoda and the Lord has blessed our marriage with three children. Let me pray and then we will together think about God's grace around the globe as seen in 2 Timothy chapter 2 um, verse 1 and following. <clears throat> our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you that your grace is sufficient. We want to honor your name, that you are an everlasting God, that you are a God of grace. You are a God who speaks. You are a God who loves us. Even at such a time as this, when there is so much hopelessness and uncertainty about the future, we thank you that you are close by, that you are near. You have not forsaken us. We pray that may it please you to encourage our hearts today, to challenge our hearts today, to rebuke our hearts today, to correct us and indeed to equip us for every good work. And we ask this for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ and our Savior. Amen. Amen. I will read the passage, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. At the beginning of this year, coronavirus hit the world. A new season of uncertainty, a new season of anxiety and fear rocked pretty much the whole world. Nothing like this had been seen before. Not in the last 100 years and the other kind of pandemics that there have been in the world, nothing had ever taken the magnitude that COVID-19 has taken. And it is in such moments that God's people must wonder 
Where is our God? Those called to the front lines of gospel work must wonder how do we keep going? Where is the future? What hope do we proclaim? What do we say to our mourning neighbors? What do we say to our grieving friends? What do we say to our own families with all the uncertainty that is around us? But thanks be to God that God's word speaks to us and God's grace is available in all seasons. The passage that we have just read is written by Apostle Paul to young Timothy. By the time he is writing this, he is under intense persecution. He himself, as we noticed in verse 10, he is chained like a criminal. He is suffering for the sake of the gospel. And yet, amidst the severe trial and amidst the pain and persecution, he pens these wonderful words to a young, excited um, man called Timothy, uh, to whom he wants to pass on the responsibility of faithfully passing on the message. And so those words of verse 1 are very comforting to young Timothy. He says to him, you then, calling him a very personal uh, and very endearing term, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Essentially what Paul is saying, stand firm, do not be moved, take heart, keep fighting on because of the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, your strength, your resilience, your ability to keep going amidst all the difficulties about you is because of the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you might, you might want to ask, how will young Timothy continue to be strong in the grace? How might that look like? What will young Timothy need to do? Or what is at his disposal? What resources are available to him in order to keep going, in order to stay strong and to remain resilient in the work of the ministry? Three things that um, we find in the passage. The first one is by faithfully and trusting the gospel. That is in verse 2. It says, And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. How will God's work continue? How will his grace continue to be known all over the world? It is by entrusting it to others. It's amazing that the man who is writing these words, he himself has been running the race. He will say later on in the book that I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. The faith. I have ran the race. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to him. And not just to him, but to all those who long for his appearance. He himself had been running the race since those days when he 
would have uh, enlisted young Timothy to join him. He has been faithfully running the race. And now a time for him to go has come. In fact, he will say elsewhere, still within the book, that my time seems to have come. He says, I am being poured out like a drink offering because he is just about to go. But what's he doing in writing to young Timothy? He is passing on the work to young Timothy. He is entrusting him with the ministry. In other words, the gifts that he has received, he was entrusted with. Now he is entrusting it to others. So he calls on young Timothy that the way to continue in the grace and to be strong is actually by raising others. It's very interesting that actually if you, um, if you want to, to build a strong army, the way to do that is by enlisting more and more people. That's how you grow. That's how you build resilience. If you are fighting against an, uh, an enemy, you want to announce to all the people, you know, all the fighting, all the able-bodied men and women are to be enlisted. And that way, strength is built. We are not to limit this to just a few people who can do these things, but rather we are to grow by entrusting the gospel to others. It has been entrusted to us to entrust. Our work in East South Africa involves entrusting the gospel to another generation. We do feel that um, the way to grow the gospel in the continent here in Africa is by raising more and more servant leaders. And we thank God for his faithfulness this far that we have seen over 150 young men and women trained and equipped with the right skills of handling God's word now going out to local churches, working in schools, working in government and bringing about faithfulness of scripture bringing about a servant-hearted attitude in their spheres of influence. How do we see the future? The only way to do that is to train up by equipping more and more young men and women for the task of the ministry. Now, is that going to be easy? No. Because it will call for faithfulness. It will call for staying true to the gospel. It will, it will mean not being distracted by the many voices all around us. It will mean sticking to an unpopular path when everyone else is preaching health, wealth, and money and influence. We're preaching Christ and Him crucified. Will that be easily received and welcomed by everybody? Not by any chance. Will that mean churches that are growing quick and fast? Certainly not. But it will mean faithful work, faithful labor that the Lord will hopefully reward. So then how do we become strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ? By faithfully entrusting the gospel to the next generation. Point number two, how else will young Timothy be strong in the grace? And it is by suffering like a good soldier. Now come with me to verse 3, where it says, 
join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. There is an invitation that most people in our day and age would find it very difficult to hear. Suffering is almost something that we now reject, almost Christians reject. It's almost something that we don't think that the Lord really said that we, we might have all these other things, but there will be suffering for God's people. And maybe one of the things that COVID-19 is reminding us is that actually, by identity, Christians are to suffer because we are aliens in this world. So Paul invites young Timothy, join me in suffering for the gospel. It almost, it's almost saying, welcome suffering. Don't run away from it. Welcome it. It is part and parcel of the package. It is who we are as those who are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Almost saying that we have been called to serve and also to suffer for the sake of the gospel and for the gospel. He says, join me in suffering. In other words, do not expect that it is all going to be smooth. And I, I just, I just uh, find that the present day church is not equipped well enough with resources for difficult times. We don't know exactly what it means to suffer for the gospel. But here is a senior a brother saying to young Timothy, join with me in suffering. Be ready to suffer for the sake of the gospel. See, what would that then look like? It will look like the following few things. That no one serving as a soldier, he says in verse 4, gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please, or rather works to please his commanding officer. In other words, he already reminds you that you are not civilians. You're not like any other person on the street. This will feel odd for you. The ordinariness of life is not where you really belong. Because your commanding officer is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that you and I are to seek to please. So he says to him, do not be entangled with civilian affairs. The things that perhaps the world pursues. Rather, your eye must remain on the commanding officer. But he goes on to give him further examples. He says, like a good athlete, you must compete according to the rules. Like a hard-working farmer. He gives him these illustrations of pain and endurance and discipline and training and loyalty. These are the resources that you need to suffer like a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. This season has in many ways opened up Christians to a lot of ridicule. Where is your God? What's he doing? Where is the cure? And particularly to those who have perhaps been um, more than usual speaking about healing and miracles and, um, and, and divine interventions, it's a particularly difficult time. 
The question is, is your God not speaking? You can almost hear the taunts of the unbelievers. And dare I say, this can be a, a very difficult time for the believer. It can be a very uh, disillusioning moment. Why is God not answering our prayer? We've been praying over and over again. But can I say, it's a time when the church is being sanctified. And in all of history, the church of Jesus Christ has oftentimes been sanctified through the fires of persecution and suffering for the sake of the gospel. God's grace will see us through a season of refining, a season of training, a season of training in discipline, in loyalty to the Lord, in discipline and obedience, a season of hard work. This is how we are strong in the grace. The way to strengthen the character of the believer is for him to go through the pains of persecution and of suffering. Now it has taken many forms. Or for us here it has meant we're not able to see one another. For the last six months, we've not been able, nearly six months, we've not been able to see our beloved brothers and sisters, the church family. For many who are working, including us in Christian ministry, we have had to take significant pay cuts simply because things are quite depressed economically. For many, it might have meant the loss of jobs. For others, it is an uncertainty about the future. For some, it has meant postponed events like weddings, for many, it has meant just significant disruption of their lives. And for the believer, will we take this in? Are we going to waste it? Or are we going to see this as a season of refining and training for us to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? There is no better heat for the training of the believer than the heat of trials and temptations. We are to endure hardship like a good soldier. That's how we build resilience. Now, I am from a country that's known for athletics. I'm not a great runner myself, but I do see people running all around in the morning, training, being equipped so that when the date of marathon will be announced, then they have built the muscle that's required the training, the discipline of following and running within the truck. They've already built that team and they will be ready to go when the marathon is announced. But how else will young Timothy be strong in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it is by remembering the gospel. And that's in verse 8. Come with me to verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, says Paul, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, that is because of what I have just said, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect 
they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I cannot think, brothers and sisters, of a greater resource for the hard times than the gospel. I cannot think of a higher inspiration to keep fighting and to stay true than to remember Jesus Christ. Paul says to young Timothy right there in verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, calling him by his name, Yeshua, and Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. Remember what happened to him, that he was raised from the dead. Remember his victory over death and hell. Remember that. Remember, he is the one that was descended from David. Remember that, because that is the gospel. The gospel is a person, as we see in that particular verse. That's what you are to remember. Your eyes, the eyes of your mind, are to be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that, the gospel. I think in such a season as this, it is easy to look inwards. It's easy to, you know, sink into self-pity, to imagine what will become of us. It's easy to sink into depression and hopelessness and to feel alone. But can I also say, it's also easy to look sideways. It's easy to look at people. It's easy to look to government. It's easy to think, oh, there will be solution. It's easy to look to science. It's easy to look to economists and planners. There may well be that these might just be the means that God might use eventually to bring these to an end. But there is one resource here for the believer that he needs to look up in hope to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody gave this to me as an illustration some time back that if you ever find yourself in a pit, look up. Don't try to look down because there is nothing there. You can only be sinking, sinking deeper. If you look on the sides, it's just perhaps a wall of soil all around you, or rocks, perhaps water even seeping in. But if you look up, inside a hole, you might be able to see a light, perhaps penetrating. And maybe you might even be able to raise a voice. And maybe that voice that you might be able to shout might be, Help! And if your voice is being projected upwards, someone perhaps might hear. It's just an illustration of a human problem. I think it's also where we often find ourselves in. Where we find ourselves, we have nowhere else to go. And maybe we might want to say those words that Peter says in John's Gospel. Where else can we go? Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus Christ has the gospel, the words of eternal life. He is the life eternal. He is the giver of that life eternal. Brothers and sisters, as we go through this season, as we go through the motions of waiting and of being anxious, perhaps, remember the gospel. Remember the Savior paid the ultimate price 
for your redemption. Remember that this life we live is insignificantly small compared to the eternity that is before us. We must remember the Lord paid the price. We must remember that we have been declared the children of God. We have been adopted into the family of God. We've been called the children of the Most High. A dinner is waiting for us. A banquet is set up for you and me. Therefore, let us be those who have hope. So what resource then do we have? We have three things that I have just said. To faithfully entrust the gospel to others. To suffer for the gospel like a good soldier. To remember the gospel. May the Lord help you and help me as we continue to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for Jesus Christ who died on the cross for sinners such as us, that we might have hope. Please help us to remember his gospel. Please help us to remember that his word is not chained and it is still being proclaimed even in such a season as this. Please help us to remember that indeed you have invited us into your family and indeed a dinner party is awaiting us. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on the cross. And as we do that, Lord, we pray may your grace be made manifest in us that we might be strong in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we may faithfully pass on this gospel to others and that we might be ready to suffer for the gospel like a good soldier. We ask these things for the sake of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son and our Savior. Amen.